This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, bow, bow, bow! I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, it's the Friday morning episode, um, I've just got a bit of a technical issue, a plug has come out, fucking get in there, that doesn't matter, I saw it later on. Yeah, it's the boy you get on Thursday night if you are IFS. So you know, it's up to you. Um, we've got a bit of an itinerary for this one. Mm. We've been collecting thoughts and things we want to talk about and stuff. There's always things. The way I approach these free-to-air episodes is throughout the week things happen, and I'm always saying to like, particularly to my oh. kids, I'm like, ah. Oh, must talk about that on the pod or oh, I remember that mm. for the pod or sometimes they even say to me I bet you'll talk about that on podcast and I try to collect them but I just never make a note um, mm. so who knows but then I think it's quite a good system because so often things just occur out of our heads you yeah. know as we're going about our business doing the pod and it will come back later but this week yes there are two definite things that I feel um, that I would uh, I almost need to discuss with you well, I'll tell you what this list says that I've put together. Okay. Uh, puppy. Yeah. Uh, hot water bottles. Oh, yeah. Bollock email. Yeah. Uh, widow proposal. Yeah. And I also kind of want to talk about Ross Kemp as well. Oh, it's funny you should say that. I was just having my sandwich. <laughs> we just had a break to have a sandwich, listener, so you know. Um, yeah. We've been recording other Christmas we're episodes today, and we had a little sandwich. Pudding. We had a little sandwich break, didn't we? We both we, had we a sandwich and a bag of crisps. Him in Sunderland, me here in London. Mine was ham and mayonnaise in a large white uh, bap. And mine was just sliced brown with cheese and celery. It was actually a, it was from it was from M and S, but I didn't make mm. it. No time. A not when we're podding this The north south divide there, maybe. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah, you've got a bloody massive M&S in Sunderland. Don't give me that. I've been in it and bought a jumper once. Yeah, but I can't just pop down there. Especially not this time of year when everyone's Christmas shopping. Yeah. Well. Anyway, let's not bicker. Um, what were we going to say? Uh, so we've had, we've had our sandwiches. And while I was having a sandwich, I was doing a bit of browsing on Instagram. And I watched Ross Kemp reacting weirdly. I don't know why it, the algorithm threw it at me now. But what reacting to England versus United States, which yeah, was two weeks that's ago. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, the US yeah, States game. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, see that one. Yeah. I think he does. I think for some reason he feels that he should like post a response to every England game. This is my question. What's mm. going on with Ross Kemp? I don't know. Just passionate about football. Why does he need to feel the need to do that? And I don't know, but he's like, the way he's doing it is confusing to me. So I'm glad you brought it up because, like, good luck to him for doing it. 
you know, he's obviously, he's, he's enjoying the World Cup. Good luck to him. But yeah. the way he's doing it makes me think that I've missed something. Because it's almost as if it's just like, yeah, obviously this is a normal thing that I do. And everyone knows this is what Ross Kemp does. And I'm thinking, I didn't know about this. But yeah. there's a, I mean, I don't know about fucking loads of things. So maybe it has become a national tradition <clears throat> to get a sort of a Ross Kemp message every time England play in a, in a major international tournament. It's just the majors. He doesn't do it during friendlies or qualifiers. No. I don't think. But, you know, it, it, i tell you this much, right? He didn't bring much to it in terms of fresh insight. But I can no. tell you, I can tell you, he was very passionate. He meant it's it. Oodles of passion. He meant it. He meant every yeah. word of it. He went, that was tough to watch, and I'm sure it was tough to play in. And then he just said Harry Maguire a couple of times. And uh, and then he said, we always have faith, come on England. But, you know, I'm delivering it in a lacklustre way. He did it using all of his um, acting skills. Some gritted teeth in there, usually, yeah. when he does them. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what it's about. It's odd. Yeah. <laughs> Does well, someone need to have a word? No, it's... let him crack on if he's happy doing it. It's like this geezer, okay. um, Tom, what's his name, who's the West Ham fan, who talks about his breakfasts in the morning. I notice a lot of people is. getting their knickers what? in the twist. The guy who sold mattresses on The Apprentice. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The one with the big head. Yeah, blonde guy. Yeah. Big West Ham fan, sells okay. mattresses. He was on The Apprentice. And um, now he's popular on on Instagram and Twitter with his videos. And what he does is he's up early every day. He's a right grafter. And he goes to Dino's Cafe. I don't know whereabouts that is. First thing in the morning. But what he does is, Andy, is he always has a meal that, you know, most people, conventional society, would regard as a dinner. But he has it first thing for breakfast. Oh, what, like steak and kidney pie, something like that? Exactly, gravy and all of that in this cafe every morning so and then he gives a sort of an inspirational talk he goes right i'm here at dino's and i'm having steak and kidney double mash gravy and plenty of peas i've got our day delivering i've got to drive all the way back to scotland and back today so i'm gonna need plenty inside of me and this will get me started and then he goes now remember ladies and gents whatever you're doing today and whatever you're feeling you can do it so get up Get out there and absolutely smash it. And then he goes, and then his his catchphrase is this at the end. He goes, abosh. And then he starts eating his dinner, right? Okay. And uh, that's nice. You know, he's trying every morning. He's making the effort to, you know, give a message to his followers of positivity Mm. and encouragement. Fine. But the eating dinner at breakfast time is like, I'm looking at him thinking, mate, this is, this can't be healthy. It cannot be healthy. Plus, it would make me just plain sleepy. You know, if mm. I was eating that amount of mash first thing in the morning, I'd fall straight to sleep in the fucking van on the way to Scotland behind the wheel. It'd be dangerous. He he has exactly, attracted... Yeah, be very sluggish. Yeah. He's really attracted a lot of attention this week um, because he ate a Christmas dinner for breakfast, yeah. right? This cafe, Dino's Cafe, where he films all of his videos... Every year, it's a tradition. They start around this time of year putting on their full Christmas and all the trimmings. And you mm. and I always say it's the trimmings that the important bit, aren't they? All the trimmings. And uh, all the trimmings. It's the, bit, it's the bit that annoys the tabloids as well. Well, the when trimmings. they serve it at, at fucking Broadmoor. Broadmoor, it's not on. Yeah. Um, the trimmings, of course, in case anyone's, in case we have some foreign listeners who don't know what the trimmings means. It effectively means those weird little chef's hats they put on the end of a of a turkey leg. Oh, is that what it is? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've discussed that before, that in our minds, oh, when we oh. hear someone refer to the trimmings, we often yeah. picture that. Um, I it, just think it's anything above and beyond the standard the turkey. Uh, Christmas dinner layout, which mm. I would probably include parsnips in that. Well, anyway... He had all the trimmings for breakfast, and all he was the trimmings. he was delighted. He was full of excitement and Christmas mm. cheer, and he wanted to pass it on to his followers. But there were so many cynics, and they were like, yeah, "This idiot having his Christmas dinner for breakfast is disgusting." Anyway, he's a knob. What's well, he selling matches for? I don't even like him. Da, da, da. <laughs> and I just look at it, and I think, well, you don't have to look at it. But at the end of the day, the bloke is an innovator. He's pushing boundaries. He's having a Christmas dinner for breakfast. And then he's got to drive to Scotland with a bunch of fucking mattresses. Good luck to him. Wish him all the mm. best. And I probably oh, there are it. some people mm. getting inspired by that. But for me, no, I couldn't eat that for breakfast. No, no thanks. I'm not inspired by very much of that, to be honest. But no. each to their well, yeah, own, but I guess. It's, it's not going to work for um, everyone. But it's always yeah. with these things. If it helps just one person, it was worth it. Definitely. And I the mean, rest of yeah. you... Just keep moving if you don't like the mattress, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I, I mean, I really like that this this podcast hasn't got a massive uh, listenership and that we kind of fly under the radar a bit and we don't get, a, a, you know, that kind of abuse for content yeah. that we put. We yeah, post. you're right. You're right it's about nice. that. Yeah, because people just like, they spend so much time getting the amp about things that other people are doing. And you think, well, yeah. just to let them do it. I mean, it doesn't make any difference to you. Yeah, so I felt sorry for him, but I'm probably biased because I'm usually, if someone's a West Ham fan, I usually um, feel sort of particularly... You're yeah. Yeah, in most okay. cases. There's a, there's a couple of exceptions to that, but on the whole, it's like, right. if they're West Ham, I want to I be on their side. Um, okay, that's unusual. Do you want to hear um, about this uh, um, prosthetic bollock? It I think says, we should, yeah. We've got with Ross Kemp it says, and the man with the massive head from The Apprentice. So I yeah, think and that, he wasn't even on the list, the but Ross Kemp reminded me of it. Um, it seems to be the automatic segue, I think. This is a those. great email we've had from... Well, I think they've kept it anonymous, so we'll, we won't say the, the name and the email it address. It deserves to be if it's a prosthetic bollock. I yeah, think. I guess. Hello, Sam and Andy. Sending you this because I remember you once discussing bullshits you've told out of embarrassment. Maybe I imagined it. Anyway, I can't remember that specifically, but it certainly sounds like the sort of thing that um, I would have done. Yeah, bullshit your way out of embarrassment. Um, right, and f- and helpfully, this correspondent has bullet-pointed their story, which is very useful to us, and it's why we actually paid attention to it. So you made it easy for yeah. us to consume. I took my child to a birthday party today, and there's some dad getting jumped on by loads of kids in the soft plate, exhibiting his dad in for all to see. When speaking to him later about it, he was discuss- he was keen to discuss his dadding. I said that just lying down and letting the kids jump on you is a good way of playing with them whilst doing a sneaky bit of resting. I added, <laughs> as long as you protect your eyes from stuff going in them. He said, huh, never mind the eyes, I'd rather protect the balls. As a generally socially awkward person, this caught me off guard. And so I responded, well, I suppose you've got two eyes. He looked at me weirdly and said, well, I'd hope you'd have two of those as well, as he motioned to my balls. Oh, yeah. Rather than just admit I'd blurted something out without thinking it through, I proceeded to tell him that actually I had only one working bollock and that the other (laughs) is a prosthetic. He asked what happened to my other one. Lost in a motorbike accident, I lied. 
Wow. He asked what the fake one was made of. Bit weird, but then again, I'm the one bullshitting about having a fake bollock. Carbon fibre, I responded. Oh, this is great. We spoke for 10 more minutes on the subject. Now there's some random person out there who thinks I've got a carbon fibre bollock. I'll probably have to speak to the cunt about it again at next year's party, all because of a bit of social embarrassment. Best wishes, a socially awkward 32-and-a-half-year-old cunter. Well, That's superb. Mm. Yeah. I love how he's just on the hoof, just bullshitting his way through that. Strange, though, that he, he, was rendered, he was rendered so embarrassed by making a small slip-up yeah. that he... I mean... My my mate, my mate, my Swedish mate Hack. He's like, he is very socially awkward and does things a bit like that. Like, you know, there was a job he was going for once, and the woman who was going to hire him did that thing of saying, "Oh, we don't need to have an interview. Why don't we just meet up for coffee?" Right? We've been talking mm. about that recently, haven't we? Meet up for coffee and a chat. Coffee, coffee and, and a catch up. Yeah. And she said, "Let's meet for coffee. It's not an interview. Keep it light. We'll just meet for a coffee and see if we get along." size each other up yeah he freaked out about the fact that she'd said meet for coffee because he doesn't yeah. like coffee and he's yeah. going well she wants to meet for coffee but I don't I don't drink coffee and I'm like well that doesn't fucking matter the coffee's not the point meeting for coffee is sort of almost like a metaphor I said it just mm. sort of means you might not you could meet anywhere it doesn't have to be for coffee and even if it mm. is in a coffee place there's you, <clears throat> he goes well I can't go to a coffee bar and start asking for a fucking Coke. I'll look like a baby, won't I? And I'm like, she won't have any respect for me, right? And I said, well, why don't you have a tea? I don't like tea. I don't like tea. I'm not, I don't like any of it. And I said, well, it's fine, mate. He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, like, she's going to give me the job if I say I'll have a hot chocolate. She'll think, who is this idiot with his hot chocolate? And I said, well, what are you going to do? I said, oh, we could, you know, he said, I might email and say, sorry, I don't drink coffee. And I said, well, then you're definitely not going to get the job. Oh, that's even more. You'll just sound fucking weird, right? Yeah. I said, do yourself a favour. Stop fucking overthinking this. Go along. Order a fucking sparkling water if you have to. Yeah. Right? And believe me, she will not give a fuck either way. Of course, yeah. Um, even anyway, tap water the end of the story is he fucking went and he ordered a coffee and he drank it and he felt sick from drinking and it oh he loves coffee no he, do- he never <laughs> drank he coffee again now he works a coffee salesman yeah so weird <laughs> so weird but then he's also the bloke who one time he was out in his back garden and uh, he was, he'd gone out in his back garden his wife had gone to bed and he wanted to go outside and have a secret smoke right smoke a cigarette oh, yeah. or whatever and uh, he thought, I'll just do that while she's cleaning her teeth and that. I'm going to nip out the back and have a quick smoke. And and <clears> while he was out, he sat down on the floor or sat down on like the decking to have this mm. smoke out the way. And the neighbor, while he was sitting there, the neighbours came out and started having a really big argument about money. And he knew these right. neighbours quite well, but they were just on the other yeah. side of the fence and they couldn't see him because he was sat down. So they thought it was the evening and the garden was empty. So they started having mm. a big argument with each other about money. So it was pretty personal, private stuff. And it went on and on. And he didn't want to stand up because he knew that if he stood up while they were still there, they'd know that he'd heard <laughs> the whole conversation, right? Brilliant. And so he felt yeah. really awkward about that. 
But simultaneously, he's worried because his wife is upstairs getting ready for bed and he was just nipping out behind her back to have a quick smoke. So sooner or later, she's going to start wondering where he is. So he doesn't know what to fucking do. He's just thinking that he's going to have to SAS crawl across the garden to the door to get back in the house. Before he's fucking got to do that, the top window, like the bedroom window facing out the bat has opened. His wife stuck her head out and gone, Oi! What are you doing down there? And the neighbours have stopped, looked round and said, who are you talking to? And he, in a panic, has stood up really slowly, stretching his arms and gone, oh, sorry about that, I've been sound asleep here. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't even summer, right? It was like a chilly (laughs) autumn evening. And he made out that he'd been lying in the back garden, sound asleep. And therefore, oh, hadn't heard a word. And he was really laying it on thick, sort of like, yeah, I was sound asleep. I haven't heard anything at all. If indeed there <laughs> was anything to it, I don't know. <laughs> In fact, I was having a really powerful dream about uh, motorbikes. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I had an amazing dream where I lost a bollock in a motorbike yeah. accident. Anyway, it was a place good night. made out of uh, carbon fiber. Actually, so, just to be clear to all of you, uh, I was sleeping. I was neither listening nor I might add smoking because how could you smoke <laughs> in your sleep? And besides, I don't smoke. Anyway, <laughs> night everyone. Yeah, so, that's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. But, I mean, yes, yeah, some people could be socially awkward about... An impromptu informal coffee when they probably prefer an interview situation because you know what an interview situation is going to be like. You're going to go in, you're going to feel as though you're being interviewed, you're going to be ready for it, mm. you'll have your answers prepared. When you go into something like this, let's just have a nice coffee, it's like, what the fuck? What's yeah, this about? Freewheeling jazz interview? What is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a bit confusing because it's informal, so you don't know how to act or what to say in yeah. order to secure the position. And someone goes, well, just be yourself. And I'm like, well, that's the last thing I'm going to fucking be. Yeah, exactly. 
hey, what would you say if I got this box of eggs out and put them on the table now? What would you think? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd fucking smash them. <laughs> yeah, with a bat. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's on our list. Um, do you want to uh, hear about this film? I've just been trying to find... Someone tweeted it, and I want to credit who it was that tweeted it, but I don't know who I'm waiting for my wife to tell me because she showed me about... She said that someone had tweeted this morning about a film right. called You Never Can Tell, which is a 1951 film. I don't know okay. if you've heard of it. I certainly haven't. But um, the plot on um, Wikipedia is really amazing. She said, you've got to read this plot to the film. It sounds like almost the perfect film. So I thought, oh, fuck it, I can't be bothered with this. I'm busy. I've got to go out in a second. All right, I'll fucking read it. So I walk mm. over and this is what it says. You Never Can Tell is 1951 American comedy film. Plot. An ex-army dog named King inherits a fortune from his eccentric millionaire owner. So already far, superb. so brilliant. Yeah, you're yeah. already, yeah, I'm watching this. Yeah. But it gets better. Should King die, the fortune will pass to the late millionaire secretary, Ellen. Perry Collins calls to visit King ingratiating himself with the story that he remembers King from his army days and that he rescued King from a jeep accident. This is a bloke <laughs> ingratiating himself with a dog. With a dog. I don't, know how dog. You, I don't know how you ingratiate yourself with a dog by telling him a story, but anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the dog at this stage like wearing a smoking jacket and smoking out of a cigarette holder well, and on a chaise lounge. Just, just, All the accoutrements of a rich man's life. Just wait, okay. Oh, by the way, the, the guy who tweeted about this is called Andrew Mail on Twitter. So, Oh, yeah, I know Andrew. So yeah. we got him to thank for, for pointing mm. this out. Okay. Um, uh, but Collins has designs on both Ellen. T- at the end of this, I'll tell you a w- weird thing about Andrew Mail okay. and his involvement in the birth of my first child. He So anyway, where <laughs> are we? Oh, yeah. So he's told this dog that he rescued King from a Jeep accident. <clears throat> But Collins has designs on both Ellen and the fortune she will inherit on King's death. And when King is found poisoned, King's spirit asks Lion, brackets, the leader in heaven for animals. Lion? Lion. Is Lion a lion? I don't know. To send him back to Earth to solve his own murder. He returns as Rex Shepard, a private investigator, human. Oh! Lion also sends Golden Harvest, a racehorse, back to Earth as Goldie Harvey, who is also a human, to help Rex. Goldie and Rex must solve the case before the full moon or they will have to remain on Earth as humans. That's it. Fuck me. You never That's can it. tell. And the poster's great as well. If you look it up. I'm looking for it now. Yeah, you never can tell. Dick Powell and Peggy Dow are the two stars of it. And it is quite something I'm sure you'll agree. All I'm getting is you never can tell, which is, of course, the Chuck Berry song that was in pub fiction. Yeah, you've got to scroll down a bit. Just put, You never can tell movie 1951. Uh, anyway. Um, there it is. I think that's wonderful. I wonder, I wonder if that's on YouTube. It's got to be. All films like that should be, surely. should all be just automatically on YouTube if they're, like, out of print or whatever. Yeah, that that feels as though that at the very least needs to be watched and um, possibly uh, deep-dived. 
Yeah, absolutely. Although, in a way, I just want to leave it as it is to, in terms of description. Just the because the pure synops- synopsis of it, it, it would be hard to embellish that and make it any funnier than it already sounds. Do you know what I mean? You never can tell. Is on YouTube in its entirety. Lovely. So there we go. Add that to my favourites. Andrew Mill, who is the... Uh, He's a writer. He yeah. used to write for, okay. he writes for Mojo and lots right. of magazines like that. And um, when me, uh, me ex-partner, ex-wife, was yeah. in labour with uh, our daughter in 2003, a very long labour, over 24 hours, um, we were in the delivery room and the telly was on. We were watching Channel 4 um, while she was huffing away on the gas and air. Right. Watching um, Channel 4's 100 Greatest Musical Films. Oh. Part two, I think it yeah. was. One of those countdown shows with talking heads and all that kind of thing. And um, it was good. Baby was born, all was good. Uh, and then that, docu- that docu- documentary, that programme was on again a couple of years ago. And um, watched it mm. for nostalgia reasons, because it reminded me of that time when we were just awaiting our, our daughter being born. And one of the talking heads on it was a very young-looking Andrew Mill who I'd subsequently got to know fairly well through Twitter. Right. So it then it transpired that Andrew Mill was on that journey with us to the wow. delivery of, of my daughter. And I had no idea at the time. Didn't mean anything. But knowing that he was there made me feel better. Oh, that's lovely, yeah. Yeah, comforted so in are. a strange way. I don't think I've ever told him that. Maybe I'll get around to tell him. I think you should. Day. Today might be the day. Um, I might yeah. do, yeah. But that's great that he's pointed out a film that somehow I've never heard of, but is so wonderful. Um, uh, Dick Powell, Penny, Peggy Dow, yeah, all on YouTube. One hour and 18 minutes long. So that's an ideal length of time for a film. Yeah, it certainly is. So, yeah, we'll get on that. I'm going to watch that over Christmas with Len. Yeah. Uh, because that is the perfect... I don't know if you remember last year, Len and I did Dog Day, a day where we got loads of snacks yeah. and only watch films about dogs if only I'd known yeah. about this could you become, never can you know, tell this could become a tradition watching this every Christmas yeah in the same way that across Europe they have this thing called Dinner for One oh yeah which the, everyone watches on New Year's Eve and it's um, a 15 minute thing about uh, a waiter and a, a drunk increasingly drunk waiter and they watch it every year at New Year's Eve it's weird yeah. weird maybe we'll talk about it more we haven't in, talking in about Eve. European Christmas um Traditions. What we haven't talked about this year so far is Krampus. Um, there must be some. Yeah. Maybe we'll try and on Monday do a Krampus update because there have been some Krampus activities yeah. by now on the streets of mm-hmm. various European cities, and it's always good to check in on what Krampus has been up to over there on the continent. Uh, I'll do a search of Krampus on Google's news service. Yeah, see if there's anything yeah, yeah. There'll up. be some Krampus stories we can, we can for up. absolute sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, there's uh, loads. There's lots. Um, and as for my puppy, whose name is Cookie, uh, we Cookie went. The puppy, yeah. We went to see her. Me and Len went on a road trip to Kings Lynn last week. It was brilliant. We got there, and it was just free play. I mean, we'd scheduled in an hour slot because it turns out this dog breeder on a Saturday she has various prospective owners come to either select. Um, right, I'll tell yeah. you what, mate, I'm glad I'd already selected because there was one family there and there was a separate litter. This farm has a lot of puppies and a lot of dogs. Okay. But I'd thoroughly checked out its credentials, right, to make sure it was ethical and well-regarded. Mm. So there's no worries on that front. 
but they're churning out a lot of fucking pups there. Right. And um, we went into this room and there was a couple of other families there. Some, like us, had just come to, you know, do the... Do the, the see meet the dog Choosing. meet the dog that they'd already put a deposit on. That's what meet we were grief. doing, right? Yeah. But there was one family, and they had to choose, and the, their litter was not the same litter that Cookie's from. It was much a younger litter that wasn't yet ready to to lead their mum. And there yeah. was about six of these. You know, when they're so little, they look like little piglets. They're still yeah. are fucking blind, right? All their little squashed faces. Oh, and, and they're sort yeah. of crawling. They're on this beanbag, and they're yeah. crawling about. Oh, and they're all their skins all smooth. They're and they fucking were, useless, aren't they? They're useless. useless. Yeah, but they're also adorable. And <laughs> I felt for this family. It was mum, dad, and teenage daughter. And I think mm. the final decision was the teenage daughter. But fucking hell, there were six puppies at least. And how can you choose? Whichever one you choose, you feel awful about the others that you're leaving behind. Yeah. With Cookie, she's de- there's only two left from her litter, her and her sister. The other ones right. were all lads and they've gone. But right. she's so close to her sister, Andy, that when the the woman went, oh, sure, I'm going to go and get your dog now. She comes out, she brought her out with her sister because they're so close and they like playing oh with each God. other. And I had to watch them both play with each other for ages. And I thought, and I said, has her sister got her forever home yet? She said, <gasps> not yet. And I was like, fucking hell. I was fucking Shit. close to saying I'll take them both. I'll, ta- I'll yeah. take I'll take both the cunts, right? And, uh, but, nah, I mean, our house... You've got to have one, you might as well have two, Sam. <laughs> I don't, honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, our you know, house... You just go around together, keep each other company. Oh, my God. I mean, fucking hell, don't tempt me. Because <laughs> it's going to... The day that I go, when I go to pick her up at Christmas for good, like, we could have mm. picked her up then, but we're going to my brother's on Christmas Day and we're going to be at a family do on Boxing Day... And my, yeah. my my brother is not a dog fan, and I think it would be a real yeah. liberty to turn up with a dog, with a puppy. Yeah, right. So I've it's said, a swan song. It's a swan song of relative freedom as well. Before yeah, you get yeah. bogged down into dog life, I've yeah. said, I've said, can you hold on to this dog till just after Christmas? Hold on to it for me. And she says, her. yeah, yeah, her. So, <laughs> uh, but then eventually, when she they put us, eventually they put her sister back in the other room. So that mm. me and Len were just left alone with Cookie. At that point, Cookie became much more attentive to us. And right. we simply rolled around, ran around, cuddled, giggled and frolicked oh. for a solid hour and 20. Good it was him. amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Great stuff. And she's a lovely dog. She's very cuddly. And by the time she rocks up here, she will be fully dog ready to go and do some dogging about. Vaccinated. Yeah chipped the lot i'll be out fucking showing her off round barns straight away i can't she'll be walkable straight away she'll be yeah immediately walkable, which i'm happy about because i'm getting her at christmas and Mm. you know like i've said before that period between christmas and new year's is a bit boring and can be a bit miserable so getting a dog and being able to walk that dog straight away i'm gonna relish it relish it mate ideal can't wait so that's my news yeah yeah we may have an emergency pod over the Christmas period about the arrival of Cookie. We yeah, may we not. might. Who knows? We might. I'll certainly be posting a lot about her. As you know, yeah. my plan is to start a new Instagram account with both Cookie and Bobby, which I think will get a big following quickly because puppies and kittens. And then once mm. I reach critical mass, flip it into a hate speech account. Yes. So yes. keep an eye out for that. 
Yeah, but try and keep within the guidelines. Don't get yourself banned or blocked or anything like that. No. No. Well, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. You I don't know what I'm going to be hating on. Probably like just everything. It won't be right. me. I'll be doing it as a persona. And it's not... And it's mm. just an experiment. An experiment in hate speech. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? Um, okay. Uh, we've got some predictions to do yeah. before we go. If I can just find the document. Just to bring you up to speed on the prediction scores. Um... Come on, where are you? There it is. Um, we're not very good at predicting, it seems. Mm. Um, you're on 46, I'm on 53. Results bots on 57. Um, and last time out, you got three points. I got one point. And results bot got two. Before that, you got one. I got two. Results bot got five. Fucker. So it's uh, it's been quite uh, poor, really. Mm. I'm trying to look for the... The, the the matches that I've typed out, have I deleted them? No, there they are. It's quarterfinals, basically. Four matches to predict. Happening over the next couple of days. Croatia versus Brazil, first of all. Do you have anything for me there? Uh, I'm going to say 3-0 Brazil. 3-0 Brazil. I will go for 1-0 Brazil. That one. Netherlands, Argentina, we have already predicted. We did that at the start of the week, not oh. knowing that it was hadn't actually been played mm. till Friday evening you said 2-2 90 minutes I said 1-1 result spot said 1-0 of course so we'll move on from that Morocco versus Portugal mm. uh, this is going to be a good game this I think but I reckon it'll be oh no you go first on this uh, yeah I'll go first on this I think Morocco will be um, I, I, it's going to be too much them. I think, I think they'll lose 2-0 I think it'll be 2-1 to Portugal after extra time. No, I need a 90-minute prediction from you. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, One all then. (laughs) And finally, Saturday evening, England versus Le Francais. Oh. Oui, oui. England 2, France 1. There, I've said it. Ooh. I'll go the other way. 2-1 France. Yeah. So there we are. That is the episode. That's the predictions. Uh, we didn't get round to uh, the widow proposal thing. Do you want to briefly oh. mention what it was? A man proposed to a widow at her husband's funeral at the Fantastic. actual do. Um, I think yeah. maybe we'll look into that deeper next time. I want to ask your opinion on that, whether it's something you could ever see yourself doing or whether it's a breach a, of widow botherer's etiquette. Yeah, as a widow enthusiast. Mm. Yeah, okay, well, we'll look at that a bit deeper on, on Monday. Uh, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.